Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm Bob Mendelson, and this is the Bob's Your Uncle podcast. Yes, it's season four of the Bob's Your Uncle podcast. New music, new guests, new plans. This is going to be great. And it is uh, the Jewish New Year. So we're going to be talking about that today. Stay tuned. You can now find us and comment to us wherever you get your podcasts. Tell us what matters to you. What triggers your joy? What bothers you in the world? Let us know. We'll see where the spirit leads us. Wherever you are just now, whether you're out for your evening constitutional, or you're here in Australia, or back in the United States with friends, or all by yourself with your headset on, hey, wherever you are, thanks for joining us these 18 minutes. Of note, the opinions are strictly my own and those of my guests. Farewell Address, printed in a Philadelphia newspaper on this day, the 19th of September in 1796, George Washington, the first president of the U.S., implored his country to maintain neutrality and avoid entangling alliances with Europe. In 1863, the Battle of Chickamauga Creek, an important engagement of the American Civil War, fought over control of the railroad center at nearby Chattanooga, Tennessee, began. And in 1970, the first episode of the sitcom The Mary Tyler Moore Show aired on television. The groundbreaking series started her as a single independent working woman at a time when female characters were defined as the wife, girlfriend, or widow of a male counterpart. And that's the historical marker of the week. Shana Tova, Happy New Year. Umatuka, may it be sweet for you. You know, when I was a kid back in the United States, along with some of my friends in the neighborhood, I'd put on some stage plays, if we could call it that, uh, sometimes written for Jewish holidays like Passover or Hanukkah. And then our parents would come along to watch our early evening performances and give us kind <laughs> and probably forced applause. We children felt good about our writing, our editing, and of course about the shows themselves. At school then we often had to make speeches about the weather or about a subject we learned in science class. Sometimes it might have been a practice for a debate that was scheduled, but nothing in school or in the neighborhood 
ever could prepare me for my bar mitzvah, that coming of age ceremony almost 60 years ago, it's forever engraved on my mind. And let me tell you, it was, it was scary. I don't think I'd ever been so nervous. My mouth was dry. My palms, though, were puddled with sweat. I'd studied for a full year to prepare me for those few hours, and I wondered if I would stumble over my Hebrew or uh, would I remember my speech. That was the only part of the whole service done in English. I was about to become a child of the commandment through the ceremony that initiates a 13-year-old into that responsibility in the Jewish community. I wondered, I mean, when you think about it, it's quite a heavy responsibility for one who in many ways is still a child. The rabbi called me forward to lead the shacharit, the, the morning prayer service. And I imagined each person with a clipboard waiting to evaluate my performance and turn in a score to some panel of judges. Not that there were any clipboards or judges, but I was greatly concerned with doing well to please and impress everyone who had come to hear me. Latecomers trickled in, the sanctuary filled up. My Spanish teacher was there, Mrs. Simpson. Ed Charles, third baseman for the A's, was there. Anyway, it was time to start. And after a few minutes of canting my familiar melodies, my nervousness dissolved. I chanted the, the, the whole service, including the Torah and the Haftorah, and there was Musaf, and then it was over. There was plenty of food and drink, and people congratulated me. It was over. I'd done well, or at least I thought so. But I wonder if you ever feel that way about being judged, that part about being judged. Do you think people are judging you and giving you a low score for whatever reason? Look, every day on the news, we hear of people going to court for some crime they committed or for driving badly or starting a fire. These people go to court and they, get a, they have to give testimony. They hope the judge pardons them or at least gives them a lighter sentence. The judge decides their fate and these people have no control over their circumstance. So it's Rosh Hashanah, it's the Jewish New Year, Yom Teruah. We Jews acknowledge God as king these days. We eat a round challah, round like a crown of a king. We recite prayers that ask for forgiveness because we believe that as king, he has power to give us forgiveness and solve that problem. But most of us, here's, I think most of us think of God like a sports judge, like a, a judge at the Olympics, giving our athlete a lower score in the swimming pool or floor exercises, or skating on ice to a musical score like Tchaikovsky. No matter what we do, no matter how excellent our performance, if the judges say we scored 7.3 instead of 9.5, that's the way it lasts and we lose in the comps. No further evaluation, no appeal to a higher authority. What those judges, the panel, have said, well, that sticks. And on Rosh Hashanah, we begin a 10-day introspection. These 10 days, according to our tradition, give us another year of life, uh, <laughs> or not. We're written in the book of life, or we're not written in the book. And that's similar to getting a one-year extension of living, breathing, even just existing on planet Earth. That's all the rabbis teach us about this book of life. In their view, it's about living until 
next Rosh Hashanah, no longer lasting. Especially since we're talking about being judged rightly, maybe we should think about another king, the king of rock and roll, Elvis Presley, who wrote this in his evening prayer. I quote it. If I've wounded any souls today, if I've caused one's foot to go astray, if I've walked in an unwillful way, dear Lord, forgive. Forgive the sins I've confessed to thee. Forgive my secret sins I don't see. Oh, guide, watch over me and my keeper be, dear Lord. Amen. Maybe you have asked God to forgive you for a particular sin or maybe a group of sins. If so, in this season of repentance and making right with others, do you think God heard you? On what basis do you have the confidence that God is even listening? What if he's as cavalier as the Olympic judges? What if he doesn't forgive you? Let's consider the greatest king of the Jewish people, King David, from 3,000 years ago. According to the scriptures, he was a man after God's heart. It's a weird phrase, isn't it? Well, it means that David and God were in good relationship with each other, that David knew the Lord personally. Now, that's a good reference point for this question. Listen to these words from Psalm 130. Out of the depths I've cried to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If you, Lord, should mark iniquities, <laughs> Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord. In his word do I hope. My soul waits for the Lord. O oh, Israel, hope in the Lord. There, with the Lord there is forgiveness, and with him is abundant redemption. He will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. King David knew that God was well able to mark iniquities. And if he did, then none of us would stand. Certainly King David would not survive. David's prayer, like Elvis's prayer, is based on God, not on us. David was a good man, but he failed many times in family situations, committing adultery, committing murder. He, he knew his own sins. We know his sins because they're recorded in the Bible. On what basis then is David praying for forgiveness? On the basis of God's character not because David deserves anything. I share this information with you today to encourage you. Some of you were raised without religious hope. And some, maybe from Russia and Ukraine, learned this. O oh, party of Lenin, the strength of the people, to communism's triumph, lead us on. That's from their the old Soviet national anthem. Here in Australia, in Sydney, in 2023, what is the strength of the people? <laughs> What's the greatest hope of our lives, of our family for us today? It's wrapped up in King David's words from 3,000 years ago. If we come boasting in our national strength or our political party strength, if we think we deserve to have an easy life or 20 more years of living, if our life in Sydney is dependent on us and our behaviors, we will not make it well. There is one hope we as Jewish people have had from the earliest days of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
even to these days. Our hope, it's in God. As David said, O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there's mercy or for loving kindness, and with him is abundant redemption, and he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. When you hear the word hope, you might be less confident. You might use the same word hope when you buy a lottery ticket. I hope I win, but you don't win. Or you might hope that your sports team wins the grand final. You might hope the train or the bus comes very quickly. You might hope that you get a job that pays you very well. In each of these hopes, you've lived long enough to know that that hope doesn't usually pay off. In that case, you use the word more like a wish. I hope, really, you're saying I wish. But that's not how King David used the word. And it's clarified in the Brit Chadashah by the writer of Hebrews. The writer says this in chapter 6, verse 19, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast. What is hope there? It's the assurance that God is listening. He hears us. He delivers us. He saves us. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. Every year, people who have hope die. This is where the rabbis get this wrong. The book of life is not about surviving another calendar year, 365 days. The book of life is one in which our names can be written for a forever future. How are we written there? Only if we trust in Jesus, Yeshua, to forgive us our sins, known and unknown, and receive him as Lord and Savior of our lives. This hope is not whimsical. It's not capricious. It's not an annually renewable contract. This hope is an anchor, the scripture says, an anchor that could stabilize even the largest of ships, that prevents it being lost, a guarantee of a better future. Our hope is fixed if we believe and trust in Yeshua to forgive us and fill us with his life and his spirit. Do you want that? Do you want to experience that? Do you have the hope that's an anchor for your soul? Do you want the forgiveness of all your sins, past, present, and future? There's only one way to be sure of that, to have your name written in the book of eternal life by believing in Yeshua, in Jesus. Faith, that's the victory. Faith is the hope of all mankind. How do you get in on that? Pray a simple prayer. Say, Father, in Yeshua's name, I admit my sins are great. I'm sorry for all the wrong I've done. I have not loved you with all my heart. I've not loved my neighbor as myself. I'm truly sorry. I humbly repent. Forgive me and make me born again. Today, just now, I receive Yeshua as my Savior. He alone can save me. He alone can make me start over to be born again, even on this, the beginning of the Jewish year. Uh, you say amen if you want. If you've just prayed that prayer for the first time in your life, would you write me, communicate with me, call me, text me, TikTok me, Instagram me, whatever you want to do. We have a family with whom we walk, a forgiven family, a loving family. You want to be a member? 
Shalom. What do you think about all this? Write me on bobmendo at aol.com or comment or even video to me on Instagram or Twitter at bobsyourunclepc. I'd love to know what you think about all this. Don't forget to post a review on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you're getting your podcasts. And also, don't forget to subscribe. At this point in the podcast, every week we read from the number one bestseller of all time. Of course, that's the Bible. Uh, but we're not going to today because we've spent some significant time considering what the Bible has to say to us today. If you want, feel free to write me if you don't have a copy. And let me see what I can do to help you get that. And then next week, next Tuesday, I hope that you'll join me as I comment on the Jewish Day of Atonement and what's missing for Jewish people in these days. Why we can't be so sure that we get what God promises to give us unless we do it God's way. Join me next week, won't you? Lashana Tova. Until then, from me, Bob Mendelssohn, when things seem bleak or uncertain, look up to God. He's in his heaven, and Bob's your uncle. Shalom from Sydney. Sydney.